Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Charles. Today we have part four of the story of Prince Ahmed and the fairy Parabenu. So far, we've seen the three young princes vie for the hand of the princess Nuronihar, and Prince Ahmed failed, at least in the final task that his father put before him and his brothers to shoot an arrow and whoever shot it the farthest would win the heart of the princess. And so Prince Ahmed has gone off in search of the arrow that he could not find and we'll find out what happened to it and meet our second titular character today on the story of Prince Ahmed and the fairy Parabenu. When Prince Ahmed came pretty nigh to these rocks, he perceived an arrow which he gathered up, looked earnestly at, and was in the greatest astonishment to find that it was the same he had shot away. Certainly, said he to himself, neither I nor any living man could shoot an arrow so far, and, finding it laid flat, not sticking into the ground, he judged that it rebounded against the rock. There must be some mystery in this, said he to himself again, and it may be advantageous to me, perhaps fortune to make me amends for depriving me of what I thought the greatest happiness may have reserved a greater blessing for my comfort. As these rocks were full of caves, and some of those caves were deep, the prince entered into one, and, looking about, cast his eyes on an iron door, which seemed to have no lock, but he feared it was fastened. However, thrusting against it, it opened, and discovered an easy descent, but no steps, which he walked down with his arrow in his hand. At first he thought he was going into a dark, obscure place, but presently a quite different light succeeded that which he came out of, and, entering into a large, spacious place, at about fifty or sixty paces distant, he perceived a magnificent palace, which he had not then time enough to look at. At the same time, a lady of majestic port and air advanced as far as the porch, attended by a troop of ladies so finely dressed and beautiful that it was difficult to distinguish which was the mistress. As soon as Prince Ahmed perceived the lady, he made all imaginable haste to go and pay his respects, and the lady, on her part, seeing him coming, prevented him from addressing his discourse to her first, but said to him, Come near, Prince Ahmed, you are welcome. It was no small surprise to the prince to hear himself named in a place he had never heard of, though so nigh to his father's capital, and he could not comprehend how he should be known to a lady who was a stranger to him. At last he returned the lady's compliment by throwing himself at her feet and, rising up again, said to her, Madam, I return you a thousand thanks for the assurance you give me of a welcome to a place where I believed my impudent curiosity has made me penetrate too far. But, Madam, may I, without being guilty of ill manners, dare to ask you by what adventure you know me? and how you, who live in the same neighborhood with me, should be so great a stranger to me. Prince, said the lady, let us go into the hall. There I will gratify you in your request. After these words, the lady led Prince Ahmed into the hall, 
Then she sat down on the sofa, and when the prince, by her entreaty, had done the same, she said, You're surprised, you say, that I should know you and not be known by you. But you will no longer be surprised when I inform you who I am. You are undoubtedly sensible that your religion teaches you to believe that the world is inhabited by genies as well as men. I am the daughter of one of the most powerful and distinguished genies, and my name is Parabanu. The only thing that I have to add is that you seemed to me worthy of a more happy fate than that of possessing the Princess Nihar, and that you might attain to it. I was present when you drew your arrow and foresaw it would not go beyond Prince Hussein's. I took it in the air and gave it the necessary motion to strike against the rocks near which you found it, and I tell you that it lies in your power to make use of the favorable opportunity which presents itself to make you happy. As the fairy Parabanu pronounced these last words with a different tone and looked at the same time tenderly upon Prince Ahmed, with a modest blush on her cheeks, it was no hard matter for the prince to comprehend what happiness she meant. He presently considered that the princess Nihar could never be his, and that the fairy Parabanu excelled her infinitely in beauty, agreeableness, wit, and, as much as he could conjecture by the magnificence of the palace, in immense riches. He blessed the moment that he thought of seeking after his arrow a second time, and, yielding to his love, Madam, replied he, should I all my life have the happiness of being your slave and the admirer of the many charms which ravish my soul, I should think myself the most blessed of men. Pardon in me the boldness which inspires me to ask this favor, and don't refuse to admit me into your court, a prince who is entirely devoted to you. Prince, answered the fairy, will you not pledge your faith to me, as well as I give mine to you? Yes, madam, replied the prince in an ecstasy of joy. What can I do better, and with greater pleasure? Yes, my sultaness, my queen, I'll give you my heart without the least reserve. Then, answered the fairy, you are my husband, and I am your wife. But as I suppose, pursued she, that you have eaten nothing today, a slight repast shall be served up for you, while preparations are made for our wedding feast at night. And then I will show you the apartments of my palace, and you shall judge if this hall is not the meanest part of it. Some of the fairy's women, who came into the hall with them, had guessed her intentions, went immediately out, and returned presently, with some excellent meats and wines. And that is part four of the story of Prince Ahmed and the fairy Parabanu. And we have finally met the fairy, and well, she seems rather agreeable, and also seems to quite love the prince, somehow. This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Folktale Project. If you'd like to help support the project, you can head over to patreon.com slash folktaleproject. Or you could always just share with the stories with someone you love. I do appreciate that. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>